0: I picked up this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear about a year ago. I started reading it then, and got halfway through and stopped. (laughs) Uh, Mainly because I started a big writing project, which has expanded into now its third novel. Also, I read a bunch of fiction in the time, and and I finally finished a book a couple days ago. I thought, you know what? It's still sitting on my desk. I'm gonna read this for a while. So I read a couple chapters, and I'll probably finish it, but the last chapter I thought I'd share with you had to do with uh, creating habits. So how do you get rid of good habits and how do you create, uh, how do you get rid of bad habits and how do you create good habits? Well, you know, habits, you know, eating the wrong food, smoking, watching too much TV, spending too much time on social media. Uh, Whatever you believe is a bad habit, there is a way to cure yourself of it a little bit at a time. You want to eat better? Eat something good at every meal. Snack on something good at every snack break. Uh, Same with smoking, same with watching too much TV. You got to figure out What you can do instead of going back to the bad habit you have and keep doing the good thing. But the trick is, the bottom line is, is that it doesn't take a specific amount of time. That's not what you're measuring. It takes repetition. So the amount of time you've been trying to develop a habit doesn't matter as much as the number of times you do it. You want to do yoga? Get up every single day and do it. Uh, that would be the thing, not just once a week. It's, again, it's a matter of time. And after you do it for a matter of time, over a number of times, you re- repeat it as as many times as you need to. Then the habit becomes ingrained. So it's a good book. It sold a bajillion copies. And yes, I highly recommend it. Uh, Now for this week's interview on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, By the way, this is Tim Patterson, and you can find me at tradeshowguy.net. All the stuff we do at Trade Show Guy exhibits and the books I've written and the webinars and all that stuff is all at the central place, tradeshowguy.net. As I mentioned, got an interview this week with Kevin Carty, executive vice president of Classic Exhibits up in Portland. Uh, Worked with them for a long time. 15 years at least if not more Uh, as you might imagine any exhibit manufacturer has to figure out how to proceed in a world where trade shows have kind of gone by the wayside for the foreseeable future at least in terms of large national shows some shows are slowly coming back and we talk about that a bit uh kevin's going to show next week uh more on that in a moment classic exhibits has had to adapt to the real world what's really going on what people are buying what they're not buying what they can build and what they can create so they took a lot of creativity to get to that and we talk about some of the products and and how they're being received uh products that people can use in this new covid 19 world and so on and so forth and here is how that conversation went got Kevin Cardi from Classic Exhibits out of Portland. Kevin, I appreciate you spending some time on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. How are you doing?
1: I am doing good, Tim. How about yourself?
0: Uh, we're doing fine. You know, just kind of making our way through it. And I was kind of looking at the calendar going, wait, it's mid-July. It was in early March when uh, everything started to close down. I was at the, the trade show uh, in, the, in, in Anaheim Expo West where they closed it down on the 2nd, came back later in the week. Uh, and just, you know, we've kind of had to deal with that. I know, you know, I have had a number of conversations. So how is classic exhibits doing? How are you guys kind of working your way through the last several months?
1: Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, that Expo West was sort of a tipping point and, and, um, you know, as everybody, we don't need to rehash it. As everybody knows, it was just like domino, 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 domino shows. Okay. The show shows, was canceling. So, um, we're doing good. Um, we definitely have less staff right now and, and that was a painful process, um but uh uh, we're doing good um we're just we're things are so much different um we have really focused on um if you've seen our linkedin especially mine and and our companies um you know a few weeks into this really about the second third week of april we really put a heavy emphasis on the sort of safe return so part of that is just being an eternal optimist right And, (laughs) and wanting to look for you know when our employees could come back or when shows could come back or, you know, what was school? i have sat on a school board. And so um, that was another part of it was what's going to look like for schools when they return. And so really sort of safety return is kind of what we've been focusing on. And that's, that's, that's borne a lot of fruit, which has been great.
0: And I know that nationwide uh, a lot of schools come back in mid-August, and here in Oregon, it's not till like the first or the really second of week of September. so but that's coming up quick, and, and uh, you know you can see the news stories every day. they're grappling with how to handle that. So obviously, uh, a lot of schools are looking at sort of things. Uh, you've been you know reconfiguring a lot of those uh, exhibit building pieces, which are kind of like building blocks into you know dividers for office and retail and school protection dividers. So what are you seeing in that space, uh, kind of writ large?
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it's sort of a mixed bag, but it's all under the same sort of uh, uh, need base, right? Which is um, uh, we're, we're um, uh, utilizing a lot of our engineered extrusion, our classical dual profiles, to create barriers, um, whether they're permanent barriers that build into an existing architecture or they're rolling barriers that people can just – you know, move around or um, uh, they you know, a myriad of different things of, of, of ways of doing it. And so uh, we're doing a ton of that. And, and as, you, as you see, as a, everybody has seen, if they've gone to the shopping stores and, and, and whatnot, I think the initial response to the market was to put acrylic and just hang acrylic. You go to a Seven Eleven, you go to your, your grocery store, whatever. And it was, and, and that doesn't necessarily work well. It works well in that area, It doesn't necessarily apply or work well when you're talking about an office space or you're talking about a corporate environment or school um, uh, or a bank um, it needs to be at least somewhat more finished and so um, a lot of that um, and as a kind of a little side note from a trade show world you know we went in the trade show space from this sort of hybrid look of the uh, of the 2008 9 10 period let's say a lot of extrusion with some laminated components, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's been interesting to me just have, you know, being a dinosaur here that um, <laughs> we've, we're have we back to using our metal now um, almost exclusively. And so that's been kind of nice actually. Um, but that's, that has uh, been a big part. Universities, grade schools, middle schools, banks, um, there's a real need out there. And then um, as as you, you helped me out with some videos beforehand, the office environments as well have been a big uh, part, sort of taking our product to create uh, uh, walls around people's workspaces to make them safe for people to return.
0: Well, and on that note, I know uh, you guys did a real interesting job of, of reconfiguring your office with the barriers. Some had the acrylic, uh, the see-through, some had uh, magnetic uh, boards on them, and some had fabric on them. Uh, you've got a certainly a network of distributors. That's the way that the classic exhibits has, has always worked. What are you hearing from them as to what, uh, their end users, what those people are looking at and what is most interesting to them, uh, that they're actually getting price points on and, and ultimately purchasing.
1: Sure. Um, uh, a lot of estimates and quotes for the office products. Definitely. Um, the budget ends up becoming um, part of the issue. Yep. None of them are, are, are expensive by comparison to the marketplace, kind of the traditional marketplace out there. Um, they're, they're, they're all much more affordable than what you would you would get if you went to one of the big name brands, but um, the, the probably the most unique and applicable part of all this is we have a product, and it's not just a classic thing, this is again from the exhibit industry, we're, we're about branding and and office products have not been about branding in the past. at all yeah. so, um uh, that has been unique people have, have, have started uh, dipping their toe there but truth be known again at the end of the day if i were to balance all the office sales that we've had so far the lion's share of them probably 90 percent of them have been um, aluminum extrusion with either clear or frosted acrylic uh, we've been doing more and more in the last four weeks where we're we're getting measurements of the existing office setup, and then we've got some 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 divider brackets that you can build right on top of of someone's existing um, right. divider walls, and just put acrylic up there. That's been interesting too, because people the branding thing is starting to set in a little bit. So right. they're not just doing clear acrylic or frosted; they're actually putting up printed graphics up there that might say what is happening in that office, or might have. A person's name, um,
0: applied to it. And I know that the, uh, the branding thing, you kind of have to show them. And we did that with a potential client, one of our trade show clients and, and they were very interested in, in it, and they've got some uh, budgeting issues because they had some investments and we're looking at a number of different things, but, but the branding really said, Oh, that looks really nice. Really like the way that's different. It's, it's unique yeah. and we can kind of paint our own version of this in our office so that when, when we do have visitors uh, at, that some, at some point, it looks great. It looks nice. It's, it's a very sharp look. And so I think, as, as you say, as time goes by and you can show more and more examples, uh, the, the the values in the in the image that you can show them and you say, this is what we can do because they can't. it's hard to imagine unless you actually see them.
1: It is. We've been posting images on LinkedIn of the banks and the schoolwork, and we've got a bunch more that'll be um, uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks that are getting uh, they're deployed now, um, uh, but we're getting photos of those. As soon as those photos go up, it it's, it it's we, we see spikes right away. Yeah. Like yeah. that is what I, okay, now I can see it. Get the other it. thing that I, I should mention is the, the sanitizing stands um, have been going uh, sort of crazy. But um, we've probably, <laughs> well, I can tell you, start, this is starting right now, just as of this morning, we've already sold 200. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and we'll have days where we've got, you know, 250. We've got days where we do 75, but somewhere they're just buying sanitizer dispensers, automatic dispensers.
0: Do you know what the end user is on that?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, one of them's is a university. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is, ironically, we've had two very large orders, and one which is not yet to come to fruition, but it should by probably uh, either, well, sometime here in the next two to three days. Um, they're uh, folks that are manufacturing their own sanitizing liquid. So oh, really? they don't have a stand. And so it, it becomes a, it becomes a unique opportunity for them to sell the whole solution. Gotcha. To doctors, corporate offices, dentists, you name it, schools, um, they can provide. And that's a very local thing. I want to mention that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause there are people down here in Salem, that are doing the same thing. They, they're just, you reconfiguring what they can do uh, and they start yeah. making sanitizer. So that's a, that's a good market. I'll, I'll that is
1: that. a good market <laughs> and it's very localized in that, yeah we're not selling a lot of sanitizer solution with any of our sanitizing stands because people are opting to use the one university I'm talking about. They're using a local distillery so right. that they can support their local community.
0: Right. So let's shift gears a little bit before we let you go. Uh, you, kind of a two part question. How do you see the trade show world reopening? I know that there are some shows in fact, you're going to one, I believe next week, uh, together again, expo in Orlando, which <laughs> uh, should be interesting. So what do you expect there? In, in terms of, you know, precautions and audience and exhibitors, what have they told you? You know, what do you, when you land, what's, what's, what's the reality of the place?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Some of it you have to take on yourself, of course. Right. Right. Um, And, and so I've got kind of some protocols I'm going to follow just individually, but uh, uh, they've done a great job for together grand expo Um, Alliance exposition is, is, is uh, doing that. And, um, there will be heat check stations. There's going to be touchless registration, which is awesome. I mean, I'm just going to say, my, throw my vote out that you know, I'm a concert goer. I love live music, and the day that Ticketmaster went to you know put your tickets right into your Apple wallet so that you never have to carry a ticket again. It kind of sucks because you don't have the stub anymore. Right.
0: That's yeah, I know the feeling. I've got um, like seven Foo Fighters stubs e- on my or something.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but, but from a tr- show standpoint, that's going to be how things are done. Um, yeah. Lanyards are probably not going to – badges, I'm curious to see how that gets worked out because there's right. been a lot of talk about how badges may not really be there anymore. It might just be a, a code on your phone. you walk up and and they can scan you right there Um, but so touches registration wider aisles um, there the Orlando Convention Center was the first major Convention Center that that received its GVAC certification for cleaning um, which is awesome Um, so I'm going to be very interested I'm going to try to do two to three live broadcasts from there um, via zoom for our, our distributor partners and really anybody who wants to be a part of it during setup so that people can see what that looks like, um, from the moment that we walk into the hall, what that looks like. Um, and and I, I in large part believe this is gonna be a, a, a very big uh, social media experience, right. uh, an experiment, um, and it's a much needed one. There's also gonna be a panel there of, of industry uh, experts that uh, from different, uh, you know, different parts of the industry uh, who will be hosting this session. And, you know, aside from the 2,000 people that are going to be on site, there's um, thousands now um, more that are going to be attending virtually. So, um, and and they will be a part of the you know, get to see those speaking sessions. But what do I expect? I expect that I'm not going to be going out to dinner with clients. Um, expect <laughs> a more hotel time than probably ever before. Um, I expect that I'm going to be walking to and from the event, to be honest. Um, it, it's going to be different. I don't, you know, for everything from the, the airport check-in all the way um, through the entire event set up and teardown. Um, but I think it's critical we're, we're, we're this close if you if people have been following you know we're this close with the federal government to being you know classified as not a concert um, or a sporting event and that's going to be critical for us and for US travel Association to be kind of lumped together um, and I think uh, and I hope that an event like this will get enough publicity. Um, through social media and, and maybe even some news outlets that, that are supposed to be there um, that, uh, you know, they'll see that we as an industry, live marketing can still happen um, and happen in a responsible way.
0: I think that's the key is, is it's got to be happening in a responsible way because you can take those precautions where you probably couldn't in a sporting event or a, uh, a live concert uh, just yes. because you have the facility that you can kind of set up spacing and things like that, which you can't really, uh, otherwise, you know, no, so uh, I,
1: I think it's all again, not to preach, but it is going to come down to people's individual responsibilities yeah. and how they handle themselves. Um, and I think as an industry, um, as we bring shows back, uh, when that happens, hopefully some in the fall, um, it's going to be critical for organizers, for exhibitors, um, and for general contractors, to hold people's feet to the fire. You know, if there's one way traffic aisles, then stick to it. If there's right. masks required, stick to it. Even if there's not masks required, it's probably worth sticking to it. Right. Um, you know? Um, so a lot of that is, is, is yet to be seen, but I am hopeful.
0: Well, I think that when you get back from the show and you have all your observations, we should catch up in, in the next That's two uh, three weeks or so and, and kind of re you know have you debrief uh us on on how that worked uh i think that'd be a great plan so
1: yeah no i would absolutely love that
0: cool kevin always good to talk to you thanks for your time uh, right here on trade show guy monday morning coffee really appreciate it and have a safe trip
1: hey thanks tim
0: and thanks again to uh, kevin carty of classic exhibits really appreciate kevin sitting down and spending some time talking about they're doing a classic exhibits as i mentioned i plan to check in with him Oh, in the next couple of weeks, because he's going to this Together Again Expo in Orlando. Uh, And so once he's done with that, we want to kind of debrief and see how that went, how it went with the exhibitors, how it went with the attendees and the organizers and so far. Uh, We'll just figure it out uh, as we move forward. Uh, This week's one good thing is uh, the last season, season six of an ABC show called How to Get Away with Murder, starring Viola Davis. Now streaming on Netflix. My wife and I certainly, uh, finally got to the last season. We're about halfway through. It's, <laughs> you know, Viola Davis is great. She's won an Oscar, an Emmy, two Tonys. It's a very fast-paced show. It's a wild ride. She pray, uh, plays a lawyer as a and a law professor. And, yes, there's murder involved. That's kind of why it's called How to Get Away with Murder. It's produced by Shonda Rhimes, who's best known as producer and showrunner of Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, and, yes, How to Get Away with Murder. It's, you know... Fast-paced, nutty, crazy, outlandish, and ultimately really, really entertaining. So uh may not be your cup of tea, but we have really enjoyed it. That's this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for July 20th, 2020, as we slide into the uh, second half of the year that is. Have yourself a great week, and uh, catch me, and I catch you next time around.